Welcome to Kids Considered, a podcast from UC Davis Children's Hospital, where two pediatricians discuss children's health topics. I'm Dr. Lena Vanderlist. And I'm Dr. Dean Blumberg. Hi, I am a high school volleyball coach, and we just started back doing some conditioning training for the fall season, and I realized that I am not certified in CPR um, for kids or adults, um, and I was wondering if this is something that you all recommend, and if so, how do I go about getting certified in CPR? Thank you. Short answer, yes. <laughs> you should, um, but such such an important question. And in today's podcast, we're going to focus on the very important topic of CPR or cardiopulmonary resuscitation and the importance of intervening if you ever witness a sudden cardiac arrest. And this topic really comes up every year or two in the news. I think recently you probably saw the news of the Danish professional soccer player. I think his name's Christian's Christian Eriksson, who had a sudden cardiac arrest in the middle of a game that required CPR and defibrillation. Um, and really, because of these life-saving efforts on the field, he survived. Mm-hmm. So we are teaming up with Project Adam, an organization that is committed to saving lives by empowering schools and communities to be prepared for cardiac arrest through hands-on training. CPR and AED education, and AED is Automated External Defibrillator, and much more. So there's all these opportunities to educate the public and others about these topics. So before we start talking about specifics, I want to share the story of why Project Adam was founded. So Adam Lamell was 17 years old when he died at high school while playing basketball, Unfortunately, his heart had gone into an arrhythmia, which is when electrical signals of the heart get mixed up and it starts contracting in a dysfunctional way so that the heart can no longer pump blood to the rest of the body. This results in a sudden cardiac arrest, which means the heart stops. And in these cases, a defibrillator or an AED, if available, can really save a kid's life. And so had he had that available, it's possible that his life would have been saved. So Adam's parents created this organization in his memory in hopes of preparing schools for these tragic situations so that teachers, coaches, and administrators feel prepared to act quickly in the setting of a sudden cardiac arrest. And we have a group here at UC Davis who partners with Project Adam to make sure Sacramento schools and other schools in the area are prepared to respond to these events. Approximately... 475,000 Americans, this is both adults and children, will die from sudden cardiac arrest each year. And nearly 70% of these events occur at home or or out of the hospital. Evidence suggests that over 6,000 children die from an out-of-hospital sudden cardiac arrest each year. Unfortunately, about 90% of people who experience an out-of-hospital cardiac arrest will die. And I know this number sounds really bleak, but there is some good news. There was a study done in 2014 that showed um, when someone has a cardiac arrest and bystander, so like somebody initiates CPR quickly, um, then nearly 45% of them can actually survive. So that's really impressive. So while many people may view sudden cardiac arrest as an adult problem, it's not. And this is actually the leading cause of death on school campuses and the leading cause of death for student athletes. 
Sudden cardiac arrest in young athletes occurs in approximately 1 in 70 schools per year. And there are different causes of sudden cardiac arrest in children. There can be the electrical abnormality of the heart that we discussed, or the heart muscle itself being too large or too stiff or not getting enough oxygen supplied to it. You can also have one from getting hit in the chest forcefully, let's say by like a flying baseball or something like that. Or certain drugs or medications can cause a sudden cardiac arrest. Some of these abnormalities can be detected in your pediatrician's office, so when you go in for your annual sports physical, but not all of them. And that's why getting your child a yearly sports physical is really important, but it doesn't replace the school and the personnel at the school having this training in CPR. So no matter what the cause is, it's critical that caregivers, teachers, and even teens know how to perform CPR and use an AED. So let's get into the details on this. So again, CPR is cardiopulmonary resuscitation. And I'm sure when most people hear CPR, their minds go straight to their favorite like medical drama on TV, like Grey's Anatomies, the chaos of some medical providers pushing vigorously on an unresponsive person's chest. Um, and it's probably not too far off. It can be very chaotic when something like this is going on. But I really want to start this section by saying that CPR is something every adult and teenager should learn. And it doesn't necessarily mean like you have to take a class every year, although maybe one class at least in your lifetime is helpful. But it may be as much as like watching a YouTube video from the American Heart Association or Red Cross or Project Adam videos to help remind you like, okay, how many compressions is it? How do I do it? Just to keep that refreshed in your mind. And it's also important that as a parent, you ask if other adult caregivers in your child's life are CPR certified. So this could be like babysitters or sports coaches. I think that that should just be a qualification for a babysitter, that they know CPR and that they're fully vaccinated. (laughs) Absolutely. Agreed. So let's say you're a spectator at a high school basketball game. And you notice a player just suddenly drop to the ground. Let's go through the steps of initiating CPR. The first thing you want to do is to make sure the area is safe. Um, so tap the shoulder and, and shout at the person, like, are you okay? Are you okay? Just to make sure that they're not, you know, didn't briefly faint or something like that. If there's someone else nearby you, as there probably would at some like a sporting event or something like that, um, you want to assign someone specifically to call 911 and get an AED. Because these situations can often feel crowded and chaotic, if you can make eye contact or use that person's name to say that, like, this is your job, like, Alex, you are calling 911, Jennifer, you are going to get the AED, those are the most helpful. Yeah, and if there's no one else around you, then dial 911 on your phone, put your phone on speaker, and then begin providing assistance right away while you're communicating with the emergency operators. And if the cardiac arrest was in a child, you know, begin CPR straight away. And like right now, I'm thinking about like being in this situation, and I feel like a little bit I know, nervous. Like you're right like, now. Yeah, your heart rate is like increasing. Yeah. And if it's, you know, if it's a child, you're going to start CPR right away. And if it's an adult and you know where to locate the AAD, then get that AAD prior to initiating CPR if you're just by yourself. Right. So basically, the big difference there is um, in kids. 
starting, um, it's usually more likely an airway issue. So starting the CPR immediately, like not taking the time to go and get the AED, whereas in adults, it's more likely cardiac. And so it does make sense to like run and get that AED if you know where it is. You want to flip the person and get them on their back on a firm surface, tilt the head back slightly to open the airway, and listen for breathing. If you don't hear or see breathing, you can begin CPR. You don't need to check for a pulse, which is something that is frequently thought we need to do. We will say that CPR training is different for healthcare providers, depending on the equipment and extra hands available, um, and can go into a lot more depth about different drugs that you might administer during a code or something like that. But today we're just going to review bystander CPR. So when you start CPR, place your hands one on top of the other, interlocking in the middle of the chest, on the sternum, like just above the nipple line. You want to keep your arms straight and use your body weight to help compress the chest at least two inches deep for adult-sized people and one-third of the chest depth for younger children. We want those compressions to be delivered at a rate of 100 to 120 compressions per minute. Um, Some people suggest humming a little song to help them keep time. So like staying alive is like the, you know, staying alive, staying alive is the one that everybody (laughs) thinks about. Baby shark is good for pediatrics. Um, They're just two examples, but find that, that tune or just count out loud. You want to push hard and fast, remembering that you really have to compress the heart to continue the blood flow to their vital organs. And you also need to ensure that the heart is able to fill with blood by letting it recoil. Um, So a trick to allow for full recoil is to allow your palms to lift off the chest ever so slightly after each compression. People may be taught compression-only CPR or chest compressions with rescue breathing. For compression only, you just keep giving chest compressions continuously until the paramedics arrive or the AAD gets there. This method is great for people who are uncomfortable coordinating compressions and breaths. If you're going to perform a combination of compressions and rescue breaths, you should give 30 compressions followed by two rescue breaths by tilting the head back, pinching the nose, and breathing into the mouth. You should be able to see the chest rise with each breath and then immediately continue compressions. An AED stands for Automatic External Defibrillator, as we've mentioned, and it's used to analyze the rhythm of the heart, and if appropriate, it will recommend delivering a shock that can potentially reverse a life-threatening arrhythmia. So if you start looking around, then you should start to notice AEDs placed throughout airports, malls, sports stadiums, and many more public locations. Right. As soon as the AED arrives, follow the steps on it. So you're going to turn it on, remove the patient's clothing that's covering their chest. If they're wet, you know, you will need to dry them off to attach the pads. They're like big stickers. One pad's usually placed on the upper right chest and one on the lower left. In smaller infants, one pad can be placed on the front of their chest and one on the back of their chest. And if pediatric pads are available, you can use these in children less than eight years. Um, But if they're not available, adult pads can be used on kids as well. And all of these will be detailed in the AED itself, so you don't have to remember that age. Allow the AED to analyze the heart rhythm, and this means that no one should be touching the person at that time. 
The machine will tell you if a shock is advised. If so, you want to make sure everyone is clear of the person, not touching the person, and then push the shock button on the AED. After the shock is delivered, immediately resume CPR. You keep the pads attached to the person and the AED machine turned on. It will reassess the heart rhythm every two minutes, and you don't need to do anything specific. It just knows, and and it keeps time, and it will say, like, time to analyze the heart rhythm. And so it will do that every two minutes and may recommend an additional shock or more than one shock if needed. And so if you don't remember these steps, do not worry about it. The AED is a very smart machine, and it will talk you through what to do. It's all programmed, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you want to continue this process until the paramedics arrive to take over or the person regains consciousness. If there is more than one person present comfortable in administering CPR, you may want to switch every two minutes because it can be pretty fatiguing. Although I have to say when I've done it, sometimes you get in a good rhythm and you just like want to kind of keep going. You feel you're doing a good job so you can continue as long as you have the stamina for that. If the person regains consciousness, leave the AED attached and turn them on their side. You know, I always think about people learning about CPR as this life-saving intervention, but really the AEDs aren't highlighted as much, but they're such a critical step. A shock delivered by an AED within three to five minutes can save a life, and after five minutes, survival rates decrease by 10% with each minute of delay. Um, So I was just talking to my friend who's a high school baseball coach, and I asked him if he knew where his AED was, and he was like, somewhere in the football stadium. And I was like, tomorrow (laughs) you go to the football stadium and you find out exactly where that AED is because if anything happens, you want to know exactly where to run and get it. Mm -hmm. It's important to remember that sudden cardiac arrest can happen to anyone, regardless of age, regardless of fitness level, gender, or history of heart issues. If you're interested in signing up for a CPR class in your area, as our caller was, the Red Cross, the American Heart Association, Project Adam, and your local hospitals are great resources. And learning CPR isn't just for adults. Teaching children and teens can be empowering to show them that they have the ability to save a life. Studies have shown that kids as young as nine years old can learn CPR, And more than 30 states require CPR training as a prerequisite for high school graduation. But funding remains an obstacle for expanding implementation of CPR training in all schools and installing AEDs in places where they really need to be. So we've provided a lot of great resources, including videos on our website. So please go check that out. And if you're interested in enrolling your child's school in Project Adam to become heart safe, you can find more information on our website. There are other life-saving interventions that parents and caregivers should become familiar with, like responding to choking, a severe allergy when administering an EpiPen, seizure first aid, and all of these are really important topics that we'll hope to address on future episodes. We did the seizures in a previous episode, though. So. Uh, yes, that's true. <laughs> yeah, ch- check, check that one off. <laughs> yeah. So let's summarize the importance of CPR and AED training. Sudden cardiac arrest is rare, but it's a serious event that can occur when the heart stops beating and being able to contract its blood supply to the remainder of the body. This can occur from a variety of underlying structural problems, electrical problems, trauma, or drugs. 
If you witness a sudden cardiac arrest, it's essential that you respond quickly by assessing if the situation is safe, assigning others to call 911 and get an AED, and initiating CPR. In these cases, even minutes matter. CPR should be performed at a rate of 100 to 120 compressions per minute and at least two inches in depth for adults and a third of the depth of the chest in kids. Attach the AED pads as soon as it arrives and allow it to analyze the heart rhythm and deliver a shock if needed. Continue until help arrives. It's extremely important that all school members, coaches, and caregivers are trained in CPR and AED use. If your school is interested in more training, please reach out to Project Adam to collaborate. And we would like to thank Dr. Heather Siefkes, a pediatric intensivist here at UC Davis Children's Hospital, for reviewing today's episode, although Dr. Lena and I take full responsibility for any errors or misinformation. Do you have a CPR joke? So it's very rare for a defibrillator to fail, right? Mm -hmm. But how do people react when that happens? I don't know. Depressed? Well, when that happens, nobody's shocked. <laughs> have you have you done bystander CPR outside of the hospital? No, I've been lucky enough not to have to do that. I have responded to other various emergencies like seizures and things like mm-hmm. that, but but haven't had to do CPR outside of the hospital. I have had to participate it in the hospital, which, like we said, is a very different um, setting. What about you, Doctor Dean? I think the last time that I did CPR outside the hospital was on a was on a flight was on an airplane and um that was i don't know 10 or 15 years ago and that that plane did not have an AED on oh, board wow. wow and which was unfortunate because we you know and we're doing CPR and you know we're, the pilot says what should we do and i was like you got to land the plane because we're yeah. doing, we're doing we can't do this indefinitely yeah so we ended up you know diverting the plane and landing and you know i i just remember that was the one i was remembering that i was the one doing the chest compressions and there was somebody else doing the airway and i just thought you know i'm i feel like i'm in a good rhythm here like i'm yeah. I, I was mean, like sw- i was sweating yeah but, your adrenaline kicks in and yeah. i i would imagine although i don't know for sure that since that time all planes now would be equipped I think with so. an aed um and the same with schools and um malls and airports mm-hmm. and all of that like if you just after this episode i think a lot of our listeners will be more in tuned and start noticing them everywhere. I know I at least like now look for that little AED box um, mm-hmm. when I go places. I'm not like crazy. I don't like ask where it is the second I arrive <laughs> anywhere. But at least for teachers and and school officials and or in your workplace, I think it's really important to know where that is. So let me ask you a question, Dr. Lena. In the building that we're in, do do we have an AED in our office building? <laughs> do you know where it is? <laughs> I, I I bet we do have one, uh, but I don't know where it is. Do you? I don't know either. Okay, that's going to be our to do to do for today. Find <laughs> yeah. out where the AED is. That wraps up this episode of Kids Considered. You can find more information on our website, kidsconsidered.ucdavis.edu. Follow us on Twitter at Kids Considered and Instagram at Kids Considered. If you have feedback on this show or topics you would like us to discuss in the future, we would love to hear from you. Please call us. Our number is 916-915-3388. Or email us at kidsconsidered at gmail.com. Please rate us on iTunes or wherever you subscribe to your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we hope you will join us for our next podcast. 
Kids Considered is sponsored by UC Davis Children's Hospital. 